You're listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. It's really, quite frankly, other than salvation and grace and mercy and all that, it's probably my favorite subject. In fact, it's my favorite subject because Jesus spoke more about this subject than he did about heaven and hell combined. I used to preach a lot on this subject. In fact, the entire month of January for many decades, the old building would hang a sign, a huge sign across uh, the front of the auditorium. And for four Sundays, or if there was five Sundays in January, I'd preach every Sunday morning on this subject. It's what really built this church because if you don't get this area right, you'll never get anything else right. I find when people drop out of church, this is dropped first. I find when people backslide, this is dropped first. And I find that it's so important to our Lord that he constantly reminded us of the subject of handling money. I never used to want to preach on money to the church until I spoke to a preacher, oh, back in the late 70s, I guess. And he said, Brother Treber, you're doing your church wrong. Preaching to them about money is not doing something at them. It's doing something for them. It's to help them. And he said, son, you'll understand this. If you don't get your people right with money that God is entrusted to their care You'll never get a church that's going to be a great church. I think we're a great singing church. Because I think we're a great giving church. I think we're a great soul winning church. And I know we haven't arrived, but it's because we're a great giving church. I think we're a great, uh, a great uh, sacrificing church. I think this church can endure almost anything. This church can just step to the plate, okay? If it means for two years, I have to meet out there under that tree for 52 weeks in that park and teach sixth grade boys class in the spring, in the summer, in the, uh, the, the, the fall, and in the winter, I'll teach my sixth grade boys class for two years, Sonny Wilkins, who just went home to be with the Lord. He taught up there for two years. I look out that window and I see that tree is still there. Forty-some years ago, he taught Sunday school. It's all we had. We didn't have these buildings around here, none of these. Over there on Eldo, those buildings weren't there uh, back in that section. They began to build these tilt-up buildings. And these tilt-up buildings were warehouses. And, and we called them because we went, went to the owners and said, listen, we, we don't want to rent them. Can you just let us use these on Sunday? We called them soul-winning factories. And they allowed us to use these buildings for free. And some of you taught Sunday school there. We didn't have electricity in there because they hadn't powered it up yet. And the buses would park over there, and we called those buildings soul-winning factories. This corner building on Aldo right over here, just get to the stoplight, first building on the, across the intersection on the right, was almost empty, all of it, for, for a long time. I think we had all the offices there but one. 
And we just used it on Sunday to teach Sunday school. We've never had space. It's never been easy. I believe the property that I've been praying for, they just listed, I, I, I was told, for $13 million. It's just right, right here. We can get, it's the last piece of acres around here. We can't afford that. But, you know, maybe they'll sell it, build buildings, and then that owner may just give us the buildings. It might be easier for us. I just believe God's in control. Amen. And tonight I want to speak to you about money because, uh, yes, the general fund has been down, but we've been there before. I'm not really worried about it. And I don't know if I'm really wanting uh, to speak to you tonight just to get the general fund. I, I've tried to examine my heart. It's going to come. If we keep giving, we're giving a mission, so it's going to come. Don't worry about it. But, but I want you to know this. I, I want you to have such a wonderful life that you're not strangled with debt, with car payments, with credit cards, where... Or you can't even go to the grocery store. Most people are not correct with finances. And I want to look at that tonight. Please, not to stand in judgment of you. You lousy people. You don't give enough. That's not it at all. I want to do something for you tonight. This is the greatest giving church in America. I know of no other church. I know most of the finances of most churches, and uh, preachers talk to me, and I've had so many phone conversations this week about different subjects. And I talk to pastors and deal with pastors, and I get encouraged by pastors, and we talk about things that they might have some questions about. But I'll tell you what, nobody gives like you give. And I've watched it through the years. We haven't had big banquets in years. Because for the last 12 years, 14, we've been nipping away at the debt retirement, and we reached that wonderful goal. But I remember the days every year, we always had one or two huge blowout banquets. And, and people would take out, uh, uh, bring huge money, not just bucket money. I'm talking about huge, one, one night, right at a million dollars. And we're not rich. Just people gave and gave and gave. Everything you see is because people gave liberally. And I hope you folks that lived through those days in the late 70s and the 80s and 90s, I hope God gives you strength to write a testimony or something. This next generation can see what has happened. Every time there's a need, buses, Mr. Newsom said, okay, you can't run those kind of buses anymore. Of course, that did not apply to government schools, but it applied to private institutions. So they said, okay, your buses need to have a different type of an engine and all this. Well, we went about what, I don't remember, 1.2, 1.3, I don't remember, a million, 900, about a million dollars, and I'm somewhere around there, I can't remember. We just raised the money a few years ago, then a whole crowd of us flew to uh, Oklahoma and drove 15 buses across the country, and everywhere we'd stop, we'd say, okay, now we have made it to the, uh, to the uh, uh, what was that restaurant? Cracker Barrel. Here we are, it's 5 o'clock in the morning. We started every day by 4.30. It was wonderful. We came back into town, and, 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 and Miss Popkus and others, you, every overpass had people there on the signs. Welcome 
uh, uh, welcome home, North Valley Baptist Church, bus, bus, different signs about the buses, and we'd go under 15 buses honking the horn. It was amazing. The police department took our old buses and our new buses, and on a Sunday night, we, they escorted them all the way in down Montague and brought them into this property. We had the new 15 and about another 20 other buses and our shuttle buses. They just kept pouring in here and pouring in here. And people were, what's going on? It's because God's people give. And tonight as we look at, at Matthew chapter number 6, just to read this scripture, let's read verse 19 through 24 together. Matthew 6, then we're going to move to another text. Matthew chapter number 6, 19 through 24. Ready? Begin. Lay not up for yourselves treasure upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up with me, if you will, to the book of Ecclesiastes. It's page 699. I'm on chapter 5. If you'd like to turn there, we'll get there momentarily. I can recall those days in January, all those months and years I preached on stewardship. We took it from, if you probably won't have time to read it tonight, but if you could before, you know, the next day or two or before Sunday, though I'm not preaching on stewardship on Sunday, it says in, in Luke 16, give an account of thy stewardship. Luke 16, to give an account, uh, reckon up with stewardship. And God says, I want you to give an account. And here was a man that wasted, just wasted what God in place. And he dug a hole and stuck his money away. God says, you've been an unfaithful steward. A steward is one who manages the property, the valuables, are the possessions of another. In those days, I, I can remember when Brother Harold was on our staff, uh, and Brother Andy Harold, and uh, one Sunday morning, I was just preaching, and I said, Brother Harold, and I reached my pocket, I happened to have a dollar bill. I said, I want you to take this dollar bill. It's mine, though. Who owns it? He goes, it's yours. And I said, would you be willing to be a steward for me this year? I'm going to give you this money but next year, I'm going to come back. I'm not going to remind you. I'm not going to talk to you about it. I'm not going to ask you anything about it. But next year, I'm going to ask you about it. And I want that $1 to bring more money back. I want you to do something with that dollar and invest it and be a good steward. I forgot about it. I never asked him about it. I was preaching on that Sunday morning, giving account of that stewardship. And somewhere in the message, it dawned on me, I gave him a dollar. And I didn't want to ask him because I didn't want to embarrass him in case he hadn't done anything with it. He went and bought a soda or something with it, you know. And, and I, I looked at him. I, he wasn't saying anything, but I, think, I, I, I thought I, I maybe could ask him. I said, Brother Harold, I gave you a dollar last year, didn't I? And he said, you did. 
And I could tell that he remembered. I said, how do we do, Stuart? And I forget what it was, but it grew. I don't know how he made it grow. That's what stewardship's about. God doesn't want you or me to waste money. I'm not saying that God doesn't want you to enjoy Christmas. I'm not saying God doesn't want you to go to Disneyland. I'm not saying that you don't deserve a vacation. I'm not saying you don't deserve a new car. I'm not, I'm not suggesting, okay, I'm a Christian, I can't do anything. You know, I just, I'm just poor the rest of my life. No, God gave some of you the gift of giving. At salvation, God gave gifts. He gave God the gift of helps. He gave the gift of teaching. He gave the gift of preaching. And by the way, he gave the gift of giving too. And some of you have the ability to earn funds, but all of us have that sort of ability because of work ethic, but some have it over the top because that's your gift. God's word wants us to be very generous, whether we have that gift or not, generous with giving. I don't know where our Lord said this, but in the book of Acts chapter 20, it was written there, well, we remember the words of our Lord, but we don't know him ever saying these things. But apparently he said it because it's in the Bible. Remember the words of our Lord. It is more blessed to give than to... See, what, what bothers me today is people standing around asking for money. First, if a man will not work, he should not eat. Able-bodied people. I'm all for helping anybody that doesn't have the ability to eat. And the Bible says the poor will always be with us. So we'll always have opportunity to help people that are poor. Maybe here's a young couple, this little sweet little couple that sang right here. I guarantee it, though they're godly and they're good and they're young in their marriage, they've got three beautiful children. I'll guarantee it they're not rich. I'll guarantee it uh, still at times they undoubtedly have to pray. Uh, we remember praying in food. A little bit, a few times, we remember going and the refrigerator was empty. I never told anybody. My wife never told anybody. Never told my parents. Never told anybody in this church. But there are so many times God would raise up someone and say, we'd like to take you to lunch today. You know what God was doing, Brother, Brother Langston? He was building our faith. And, and God shows us but though you don't have much, it's more blessed to give. It is a blessing to give. Christmas is so awesome. And I must confess, I still like gifts myself. When it's my birthday, ah, uh, no, you shouldn't have done that. I'm lying. <laughs> Bring the gifts on. I love the gifts. But the truth is our kids have already said, Papa, what do you need for Christmas? I don't need anything. But you know what I want to do with my wife? We want to get as much as we can for everybody. It's more blessed to give. And, and tonight, I'm, I'm trying to get us ready for the, fall, the, for the upcoming year. I, I want you to know that, I want to, uh, that, that money is dangerous. God says that we're to be content Hebrews 13, 5, and 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 and 7 and 9. We're to be content, satisfied, enough. I don't need any more. 
I'm okay. I have enough. And it seems like we're on the stretch always for more. That's part of our nature. But God wants us to be content. God wants us to be careful for the love of money, 1 Timothy 6. The love of money, not money, the love of money is the root of all evil. And it's so easy to get snared by money. Judas, who sat right next to Jesus, who had the money bag, he, he, he was the treasure for those disciples. He got snared by money, and he wanted money, and he sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, and then he was convicted of it. He tried to take it back, and he said, that's not our money. And he went and threw it down and went and hung himself. And there's no money, so they put him in a potter's field. There's no marker. Achan, Achan saw gold and silver and a garment, and so did Gehazi. And I gotta have that. I wanna have it. And they destroyed their lives. And tonight I want you to know, as we're gonna in a moment just look at this uh, chapter here, a few verses. I wanna give you, before I look to these verses quickly, you won't probably wanna write them down. You probably won't have time, but if you could write one word down. As we look for 2024, before we get to this text, I want to provoke you to think about, one, getting out of debt. I would like to pastor a church that every one of you are out of debt. I don't see a house payment as debt. I see that as investment because of equity. You say, I'm too far in debt. Well, then you can't get out in 12 months. Get out in 24 months. I've got too much. Well, then get out in 36 months. You say, I can't get out of debt in 36 months. Then get on a 48-month program. But get out of debt. Don't, debt usually is a stranglehold on our marriage. They say that, that couples fight over relatives and money and debt, what's related to money more than any other subject arguments over it, get out of debt too. Pay all your credit cards off monthly. I didn't say don't use a credit card. We use a credit card quite a bit. We've had one credit card for years, maybe a decade. You get air miles, so we never use the air miles, but we get air miles. But I've never paid, paid one cent in interest. Every month it says zero, zero. Why? You use it, but you pay it off every month. Credit card debt, you'll never pay it off. If you make, say, I'm making the minimum payment, you'll never get out of debt. It'll take you 30, 40 years. Don't, don't, if you can't pay it off, don't use it. Well, I'm just not disciplined. Well, then get disciplined. And so get out of debt. And one, uh, pay your credit cards off monthly. And then three, develop a budget. I know my budget, but yet every month, a three by five card in my checkbook, and you don't have those because you do it online, I make my budget for the month. And the first thing on the budget is either four weeks or five weeks of tithe. And then it's a Sunday school offering. And then it's Wednesday night offering, all the different things I put down there. And now I, I've ordered more checks because it's bucket offering. I'm going to give to everything. I, I just want to be part of it. And, and so a monthly budget. Number four, a, a, a savings account. Number five, save for a vehicle or a down payment of a house. Now, wait a minute, say, I could never own a house. It's too expensive. Oh, no, 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 no. If you would save, when the crash comes, you'll be able to buy. You say, well, it's too expensive. Well, save for 10 years. 
10 years. Yeah, we saved for 18. I pastored this church a long time before we rented. it. And no parent or no relative or this church or no one gave us the down payment. But you know, if you could just save some money and be ready when that opportunity comes. So, so don't, don't give up. Say, well, I can't, I can't do it. There's no money. We don't have enough money. We'll figure it out. Maybe you have to sell the car. Well, how do we get to walk? I'm not trying to be rude. I just believe everybody could in time figure out a way. It, it took us only 18 years. Maybe it'd take you 20. But why don't you buy a house in 20 years from now? Well, good night. I'm already 25. I know you'll be 45. That's not old. Unless you're 45. <laughs> figure it out. I gotta have it now. I'm 22. No, you don't have it have it now. So it doesn't work that way. Uh, number quick, uh, again, uh, uh, save. Uh, lay, up, lay up in heaven more than laying up on earth. We read it. Number six, money can be a trap. Uh, it can easily control you. Number, number eight, whatever number, uh, be generous. Generosity. And again, this is the, not just giving money, this is the most giving church and people I've ever seen. Whether it's giving cookies or turkey soup or, 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 giving, or, or giving a meal or for all of those. For all those days, there's a meal on our table at night, every night because of you people. That's an amazing thing, honey. I just, it's just an amazing thing. It, it just, I look, I, everywhere I look, I see people that made food for us. Why? Because you're giving. You give. I watch these bus workers every week. They're at the park or they're around here. They're, 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 we have a, Brother Flood has great promotions for us with the buses. But I'll tell you what, these bus workers, uh, Thanksgiving meals, they provide all of it. Gifts, Christmas gifts. This church will have a great amount of Christmas gifts for the kids who want to have Christmas on the buses. But may I tell you this, our bus captains spend so much money. I don't, I don't expect you to do that, but you do. Our school, Brother Fenera, you always collecting gift baskets, food baskets, turkeys, uh, food, giving it to people, Christmas trees, helping people. That's why this is a great place. Because where your treasure is, there will your heart be. I want you to see that, that uh, uh, I think we ought to, number nine, pray over our finances. Number 10, we ought to set some financial goals. I, I checked with the business manager because one of my goals was this year, God gave me a verse beginning of the year, last December, a year ago, and my personal life, I wanted this year to be Hebrews 10, 25, and so much the more. And I found out, you can look online, I don't know how to do that, but I found out where my wife and I, how much we've given this year. And I want this to be our biggest year ever. It's amazing. 
that we, we've looked for opportunities, not because we're such great people, but because we have a great God and a great church that's taking care of us. And I don't just want to be taking meals out of you and taking from you. We want to give to that offering plate, and we, we try to give to every situation of people individually, personally, that we can. It is our blessing. It is our privilege. I found out, we have found out, you cannot outgive God. It's more blessed to give than receive. Here in Ecclesiastes, and I know I'm out of time and we're just getting to our text. God's word says, verse 10, 510, Ecclesiastes 5, he that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. Money never satisfies. Never satisfies. Secondly, he says, nor he that loveth abundance with increase, it's also vanity. Not only does money, doesn't, doesn't, things don't satisfy. I've got all these things. I've got this, I've got this, I've got this, and we all have things. And I would challenge each of us not to make things our life. Don't lay up all down here, lay it up there. The third thing I find this scripture says, when goods are increased, they are increased that eat them. You get money, people want it from you. Starting with IRS. I had a guy, he said, uh, well, he goes, I, I don't work holidays anymore. It's double time. But he said, I, I, I don't make any money because the government takes it. I don't know all about that, how, how that all works with extra time and a half or whatever. We should do time and a half around here. That'd be a good thing. And I must say, you cannot do that. But you know what? The Bible says in Proverbs, you get money, you'll get a lot of friends. You'll have a lot of friends. People want to be around money people. In my church all these years, and God has blessed us, and people give and all that, no one ever shows up at a bus home and says, can I be a blessing? I'm Pastor So-and-so from another church in another city, another state, another place. You think I could help you at Christmas? Oh, but they know, they knew who to contact if they knew, need computers. I never call a pastor to get anything out of his people. That's a lack of integrity. I never... Brother Coleman, our dear friend, left here and went to a great church. He's pastoring in North Carolina. He was with me for years. He and our daughter are two days apart, born in the nursery in the 79, and, and we love him dearly. So proud of him. He's doing a great job. But he began to get some staff at, from our church and our college, which we're happy about. And he hired your sister from us, Grace. But now, in fairness to him, Five, the first five couples he hired from here, five of the mates were from here, but five of the mates were from his dad's church that came to college here. And he talked to me. And he hired Grace Johnson, Joy Reamer's sister, twin. And she was working on our, our media area, graphic design. We needed her. 
But they couldn't afford to hire her, but they've hired him. I called Brother Coleman and I said, she can work remotely for us till you can hire her. Is that okay? Or would you rather not have her do that? He goes, that would help us so much. But I never asked her first. I asked their pastor. And he said, that would help us immensely. You know what? If we're not careful, number three, when others want what you have. Goods are increased. They increase that eat them. Look what it says, number four, verse number 12. The sleeping of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. I must be very rich because I don't sleep very well. But, um, but, 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 uh, <laughs> I saw Brother Kevin Padillo. He's always here so early in the dark in the morning. I, I said, he said, you know, Pastor, and he gave me a verse this morning. And he said, I, I, I just been thinking about this verse. And then he texted me. It's Hosea chapter 4. I said, he goes, I said, you're not going to believe this. I dreamed last night of Isaiah, uh, Hosea chapter 4. I was preaching a big meeting and, and I was preaching from Hosea 4 and he, he had the same verse. Uh, I just throw that in. That's just okay. All right. Uh, really, we're out of time. Verse number 14. But the riches, those riches perish by evil travail. Riches don't last. Look at number six, verse number 15. The latter part. And he shall take nothing of his labor which he may carry away with his hand. You can't take it with you. You've never seen a U-Haul truck behind a hearst. Sorry, Brother Dennis Moore. Look at number seven, verse number 19. Every man to whom God hath given riches and wealth. This is a great verse. And power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. Everything we have that we earn and our jobs, it's a gift from God. I've read the account of John B. Rockefeller. He was a wealthy Christian man. And he said, I have made millions. Millions. He built 228 buildings, skyscrapers and buildings in New York City so many years ago at the early 1900s. He said, I've made millions. And that money has brought me no happiness. Well, that's Bible. Vanderbilt, at his death, said, I've been responsible for handling $200 million. And it's too much for anyone to bear. It's enough to kill anyone. There's no pleasure in money. Everybody said, if I could just get a raise, if I could just get more money. No, the management of what God's given to us. John Astor, he built the big Astor Hotels. He left $5 million, and here's where his last words were. I'm the most miserable man on planet Earth. Andrew Carnegie said, have you noticed that millionaires rarely smile? John D., not John B., John D. Rockefeller, the poorest man that I know is the one that has nothing but money. He said, I've had five marriages. But my money never satisfied anyone. I read the account of a teenage boy who inherited $45 million. 
as a as as a young twenty was beyond teenagers, a young twenty year old, and that that young man said this. I got $45 million now, I don't have any friends. Former girlfriends wanted me to date again. Girls that did not, were not the right ones, that all of a sudden I was, I was a big interest to them. People that needed, could you give us some money? Could you help us with this? This great project. Do you know, in closing, Myself is included in this, and it sounds like I'm a rebuke to you, and I don't want to sound that way. Our church is 48 years old, and in 48 years, all of us have wasted some money. We have never tried to waste money with this church. I think the church has been great stewards, but personally, all of us have wasted money. I wonder... If years ago we could have bought all of Clyde Avenue, those apartments, they were for sale for us. The 20 apartments were $2 million, and now they're about a million dollars apiece. You know what that could have done for this church right now with staff housing? I still have a vision for all those Clyde Avenue. I, I want to buy them one by one. There's two apartments to every building. Put a beautiful porch around them wrap around portion, put an awning over the top of all of it and gut them out with the men of the church and put beautiful security stack stone and, 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 and a, a fence around that, stack stones on the pillars and lights. It's going to be beautiful. You know what that could do right now? Almost every, I'm talking about, I wrote my, the names down. Almost everybody on my staff does not own a house. They rent. Brother Ox and I for 25 years, the same house. And everybody on my staff rents. Very few that own anything. You imagine what we could have done and relieved the pressure. I, 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 again, this morning, I was in all the schools today, elementary, high school, college, and I knew where I was going tonight. I looked at every one of those staff members. I thought they are just literally sacrificing to be here Amen. for us. They sacrifice. I know what you're supposed to make in the Silicon Valley. Nobody makes that. And by the way, you're probably the same way so many of you young couples It hurts me almost when you get me and my wife a Christmas present as you live in your little apartments and you live in your little bungalows and little cottages and ADUs. It just, it, it, it hurts me that you, and you counted a joy to give to us. And I'm not asking, I'm not asking for anything. And I'm not, I'm not reprimanding the greatest church in all the world. But I want to be so careful with all that God invests to my life in 2024. Let's stand together. We're out of time. Father, I pray that we'd all take inventory. Some folks are only 20 years away from owning a house. Some are 15 years away. If they get very 
ambitious toward preparing and to leave something to their children. If you're here without Christ, would you come and get saved? I, I, honestly, God's going to take care of that general fund. I'm not trying to get more money out of you. I'm not trying to raise more bucket money tonight. I'm trying to help us with the money that God entrusts to our care to handle it wisely. I don't think you should be telling your kids, oh, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. Yeah, go through Chick-fil-A, and if they have a peppermint shake, get a peppermint shake and go look at Christmas lights. Oh, no, we can't do that. Can't do it. Can't waste our money. That's not wasting. That's investing in your children. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.